Okay, in this episode, I'm going to be talking about equipment fixation when it comes to bite work. Now, I know I've already done a bunch of episodes on protection training. I, by no means, I'm telling you that everything I say is the only way to get things done. There are several different approaches to do just about anything in dog training. If you have uh, another uh, another coach, another mentor, if you go to a club, I suggest listening to their suggestion, following their advice, following their plan, following their system, because there's a very good possibility they are doing things a certain way because they're getting success out of doing it that way. But if you're kind of DIYing it a little bit, I do have some pretty good ideas. I do have some pretty good suggestions that have worked with me. Uh, they work with several other dogs that I have, I have uh, done bite work with. So this is just another way to do it. But the one thing that I suggest you be very careful with is do not train, do not expect your club members, don't expect your, tra- your, don't expect your training director or your dog trainer to train by proxy. What I mean by that is don't take what you get out of this episode or any other episode or any other podcast or any other book or video and then tell your trainer or your decoy or your training director to do it that way, okay? That's training by proxy. That's when... um I've had members that have done this with me before, and it just doesn't work out. So I've had members that will listen to a, a, an episode, um, you know, a, a podcast, an episode on something related to bite work, or they've watched a video, or they'll go to another club, and they do it a certain way. They get some ideas from the, from the podcast. They get some ideas from the video, and then they come back to me. And they tell me, so this is what I've heard on this episode. This is what I watched in this video. Or this is what this person told me. Now, Will, let's go ahead and do that. Well, two things that are wrong with that. And I know I'm turning this episode into something a little bit uh, different than what I originally intended it to be. But I think this is very important information too. So the problem with training by proxy is when these people tell me that, oh, I listened to this episode, I watched this video, and, uh, and I, uh, you know, I talked to this person. The problem is this. That person who did the podcast, they don't know your dog. Okay, The person who made that video that you watched where you got some ideas, they don't know your dog. Every dog is very unique in their temperament, their learning history, and all their factors. So... Even though the video, the podcast, might give you some really good suggestions, if you don't quite fully grasp how that relates to your particular dog, don't expect your training director to do it for you. Because if you get a really good idea from somebody, and then you grab that really good idea and you bring it to your to your trainer, you try to apply it to your dog, or even if you yourself try to apply it to your dog, you have to realize that a good idea implemented on the wrong situation is not going to help you, okay? So you have to be careful with that. I've told other members before, hey, so... You know, I have uh, I have seen that episode. I've listened to that episode. I have watched that video. I have talked to that person. I know 
I've heard him say this before. What are your ideas as to how we should do things with your dog? Okay, and then they'll tell me, and then I can fill in the blank, I can fill in the gaps because I know the dog. Now we have a better idea of how to handle things, how to conduct things. Okay, and I don't care how great the idea is. If you tell me I got this awesome idea from, you know, from this awesome, awesome trainer, and we should do that on my dog, if I tell you, man, that's a really great idea, but for your dog, I think we should at least start this way first. That's not me telling you that was a bad idea. That's not me telling you that person doesn't know what they're talking about. I'm just telling you because I know your dog, that idea might not be the best approach for where your dog is at this moment. And that is what you what you want to do. That's what you want to be careful with. You have to realize that you know your dog better than the person who did the podcast. And if you don't, maybe your training director, maybe you maybe your decoy knows your dog better than the person who did the podcast. Okay? And I've also had it done the other way where uh, I've had a member tell me this is what I've learned at this club. And I talked about this with the, you know, in the Jerry Bradshaw interview where I've had members tell me, I've gone to this club and this club, and they come back to my club, they rotate back to my club, and they go, so this is how they're doing it, this is what they did, this is what they told me, this is what I want to do, Will. And then I'll go, okay, um, I wasn't there, so um, how about we do it this way, because we didn't even have a problem with your dog to begin with. (laughs) But they go, well, let's do it this way, let's train that way. And I've gone, okay, let's go ahead and do it that way. So just tell me what you want me to do. Now, if you're a good dog trainer, if you really know your dog and you you really understand how that idea that you got applies to your dog, you know how to apply it, then that's great. You can tell me exactly how you want it done. Tell me how you want me to move. Tell me what you want me to do. Tell me what role you want me to play in this evolution. And then we'll make it work. But if you don't, if you don't know how to apply it to your dog, if you don't know how it relates to your dog, and then you heard a really great idea, but you don't fully grasp the concept behind that idea, and then you tell me, this is how I want to do it, it's going to be a disaster. It really is. Okay? And I've had, I've had it play out, too, where finally I was like, all right, you know what? Let's go ahead and do it that way. Tell me what you want me to do. And that, well, this is what he said to do. I'm like, okay, so this is what I'm going to do? Yes. I'm like, okay, I just want to make sure that you know that I'm going to do this at this moment and this is based on your instruction for what you want me to do, what role you want me to play in this evolution based on what you got from this club meeting or based on what you got from this episode. Is that correct? Yes, I always double check. And they're like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do it that way. We do it that way and then now they're wondering why their dog is all confused. And finally, you know, I've had to have these teaching moments with these people. I finally had to go, okay, here is why that didn't work out. And sometimes I, you have to let it play out so that you really understand how mixing a great idea and applying it to the wrong application or applying it to the wrong situation, that might not come out that well, Okay. It'd be like you watching this cooking show and you go, hey, man, I have I watched this awesome recipe and I'm going to go ahead and do that same recipe. 
but you come over to the to the kitchen to, to the you know to the uh, kitchen and you don't have the right equipment you don't have the right utensils or you don't fully grasp the concept behind that recipe it's not going to come out that good okay uh, so you have to take every episode not only from this podcast but really from any other podcast you have to take um, the video that I, the videos that I put out, um, and any other video that you see, even if it's amazing, you have to first understand the concept behind it, and understand how it could apply to your individual dog, to your individual situation. Okay, once you have done that, and you are able to say hey i can do this part and this part of that idea and and uh, and see how it applies to my dog and i can definitely implement it with confidence then go ahead and do it because then that great idea combined with your understanding of how it applies to your dog it will it will do great it'll be it'll be awesome okay but if you don't don't follow it your best bet is to go to your training director go to your trainer or just do it yourself and go, okay, uh, maybe this person um, has a great idea, but because my dog is very unique, maybe that doesn't apply. Um, and, and if you have a club, you know, if you, have a, if you go to a trainer, if you, uh, if you work with a particular set of people and you feel confident in their ability to handle some situations with your dog, then just kind of go with them. Okay, go with what they tell you. Now, if they're really, truly stumped, and what they keep trying is not helping your dog. That might be an indicator that maybe that person doesn't fully understand what's happening and they just don't want to tell you that. Okay, maybe they're just trying a bunch of things that they have never really even implemented themselves. Because I've seen that too. Like, well, let's try this. I don't know if that's going to work. And sometimes it does work, sometimes it doesn't. But if it keeps failing over and over and over, it's time to realize I don't know what I'm doing and I need to maybe... Uh, get a little bit more education on this topic, on this particular area. So anyway, back to the original uh, point of this video. Uh, I made <laughs> this episode, I'm sorry. I made a video on YouTube in which I talk a little bit about equipment fixation. So here in, that vid in this video, I show a couple of dogs or a few dogs that you see that they're very, very prey-driven. And what I'm going over is, and I'm going to go over here in the, on the podcast as well, but what I'm going over is how do we get that dog to go from looking at your arm, looking at your sleeve, which I've seen dogs, and you have to. If you work with protection dogs, if you've done bite work, you will see that some dogs are just looking for that sleeve the entire time. If the sleeve's on the ground, they're going to look for that sleeve the entire time. They're going to look at the sleeve, they're not going to look at you. If you're wearing the sleeve, uh, or you have the tug, or you're wearing the leg sleeve, whatever it is, they're looking at your arm with the sleeve, they're looking at your leg with the sleeve, they're not really, um, they're not really interacting with you, they're not really looking at you. Now, that might not be a huge deal breaker for a lot of people and you know it doesn't mean that the dog is going to be a crappy dog or or that the dog is not going to have a good bite um but it is something that generally we want to address normally want the dog to make make contact and have an interaction with the helper with the decoy so if i want 
if I if I'm working with this dog, I want this dog to look at me, not my arm, not the sleeve on the ground, but look at me and tell me, dude, let's play this game. That shows that shows me that the dog understands that this is an exercise which involves the two of us, okay? That basically it means we are engaging here. We're having a little conversation here where the dog is telling me, hey, I need you to do this. And I'm like, okay, perfect. This is exactly what I'm going to do. And we're doing it in a way that it serves us. Okay, not just to get manipulated just for the sake of getting manipulated, but we, we control the game in a way that tells the dog, hey, these are, these are some rules to play in this game. And it's really fun, but you just have to understand certain rules. One of these rules is, you know, don't look at the, at the sleeve on the ground. You're going to get the sleeve on the ground, but to get it, you have to kind of make contact with me first. Okay, hey, don't look at my arm. You are going to get that sleeve on my arm, but maybe, you know, make a little bit of contact with me first, and then we will play that game. So that's what the video goes over. I'm going to be talking about some of those, um, some of those techniques here in this episode as well. But just like I said a few minutes ago, uh, if you see that this video or this episode does not apply to your dog, because it might not. You might have a different type of dog. You might have a uh, maybe a little bit more of a more defensive type of dog. When this technique is just gonna confuse you and your dog, then go back to your training director. Go back to your club. They know your dog better than I do, because I don't know your dog at all. And uh, and they'll be able to tell you, okay, that idea that you maybe got there was horrible, trash, not a good idea for your dog. Or maybe, you know what, it was a good idea, just not applicable to your individual dog. But some of those techniques are this, marker training. I talk about this on the video. Marker training or clicker training. If you don't understand marker training, um, there are plenty of videos on YouTube. I made a couple of videos on YouTube on marker training as well. But to sum it up, marker training is when you condition, you teach the dog what a specific moment marker is like a clicker or a yes or something very very neutral and predictable that means something every single time so for instance the clicker the way i use it the way most people use it is one click equals you're gonna get paid right one click equals you're gonna get paid that's that's the simplest way to condition that clicker Okay. Now, some people, some training systems make it much more complex. You know, they go a little bit past that and they go, well, two clicks means you're going to get paid. Two clicks means you got to come back to me and get and get the food. Uh, now, those are different systems, but the but the 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 same thing, the 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 main concept remains, which is the marker, the clicker means you did that right. It was perfect. Now you're going to get paid. This is announcing some form of payment. Okay. So um, by doing it with clicker training, with marker training, I can really, really narrow down the perfect moment in protection training where the dog goes from looking at the sleeve on the ground, looking at the sleeve on my arm, to maybe making a little bit of contact with me, making a little bit of contact, eye contact with my face, you know, eye contact with me, obviously eye contact. Um, and then me instantly mark it, let the dog know, perfect, now we can play the game, okay, versus just kind of randomly doing it and go, okay, you looked at me, perfect, let's go play, 
the dog may or may not make the the connection as fast if you just kind of do it that way. But if you do it through a marker train marker training system that the dog understands and the dog picks it up way, way faster. So on the video, I have a couple of uh, a few clips in which you see this and and you'll see exactly what is happening, what is taking place. Right. You can see in, in a couple of these dogs, they're kind of looking at me, they're looking for the sleeve, but then they look right at me, they make eye contact with me, they're, they're looking directly at my face, and that's when I click, that's when I tell the dog, that was perfect, this is how we play the game. Okay, so that's certainly one way to get your dog away from looking at the equipment. It doesn't mean that they don't like the equipment, they like the equipment, they're just learning to manipulate the game to get the equipment so they go i know this is the end goal but in order to get to that point i'm going to look at you right um that's the pre-mac principle so that's one way to do it another way to do it which i did not go over this on the video but i'm going to go over it here on the podcast uh, another way to do it is if you have uh you know if you have a little bit of an older dog a more experienced dog Definitely older. You will not want to do this with a young dog. Now, on the video, I have young dogs, so I'm, I'm doing it the way I described it a few moments ago. But if you have an older dog, a more mature dog, but when I say older, I don't mean, I don't mean 10, 8 years old. I mean just a more mature dog, not a puppy. But what I can do, another approach to get this done with a mature dog is to do a little bit of... Um, now, to do a little bit of defense work, a little bit of um, put the dog in a little bit of a more defensive, a little bit more defensive state, uh, which, you know, I can square up to the dog a little bit more. Um, I can put a little bit of pressure. I can put a little bit of, uh, I can crack the whip a little bit more, no equipment. Get the dog in a little bit more of a defensive drive. Once the dog goes, oh, crap, this is, you know, not all about equipment. This, there's a little bit of seriousness to this. And naturally, now that there's a little bit more serious, seriousness to this, the dog's going to make contact with me. Dog makes contact with me. I click our mark. Um, and I go, okay, now that, uh, you know, that you did that, you made contact with me, you, you, know, you looked at me, you were not looking for equipment, now we can go to prey drive. So I'm switching between defense drive and prey drive to let the dog know, hey, it's not about the equipment. It is about the person as well. Now, why would I do this with an older dog, not a young dog? With a young dog, you don't want to really do defense work, okay? Other than prey guarding, which is more of a, you know, you, you're triggering resource guarding. That would be about the only, only in protection work, by the way, not in any other context. But if I do a little bit of prey guarding, that would be an acceptable way to do a little bit of defense work with a younger dog. Uh, but even then, I'm not going to rely a whole lot on that if I don't have to. Okay, a young dog, it needs to be all in prey. The dog needs to have fun. The dog needs to have that full, full, confident power. And that comes from prey. That rarely comes from defense work, okay? Uh, so normally, the, the latter technique that I went over, we would do that on a more mature dog. You can still do the prey, you know, the, the marker training and, and prey-driven dog technique on the older dog but on some dogs you can kind of use that the other technique too um, again this also depends on your individual dog if it doesn't apply to your dog don't do it maybe evaluate a little bit more maybe get somebody else's input and go that route but that's the point of the episode 
if you wanted to get a little bit of maybe extra details, uh, a little bit of the visual context of what I'm talking about, go to the YouTube channel. It's on there.